Chapter 6 Chloe wasn't used to sitting still, especially not after the past year, when she'd had to keep working odd jobs just to pay the rent and eat, and to be able to buy some fabric to quilt together. She kept asking Jeremy if there was something she could do to help, but he was firm about her being Chase's guest. Worse still, all that staring at Chase was doing really funny things to her insides. To her outsides, too. Her skin felt sensitive all over beneath her clothes, warmer than the weather warranted, similar to the way she'd felt in the tub as the water had slid across her skin and she'd ended up coming apart with his name on her lips. Chloe's uncomfortable musings were interrupted by a loud squeal that was followed by female cursing. Chloe craned her neck and saw that Amanda had tripped over a rock and her dress had a long, jagged rip across the front. Chase called, Jeremy, we need a new dress, the same one. Jeremy's face had gone even paler than it already was. I don't think they sent more than one of this dress. I'll look again to make absolutely sure. He scurried off to look through the huge containers of clothes. Chloe spoke without thinking. I'll fix it. Chase turned his green-eyed gaze to her, and at the question in his eyes, she said, I've worked with some pretty similar fabrics in my quilts. I can at least try. Amanda, take off the dress. The model pulled it off without giving so much as a thought to the fact that she was wearing only very sheer panties beneath the gauzy fabric. At first, it had been a bit of a shock to see how comfortable these young girls were, with their near nudity. But then Chloe figured if she'd had a figure like that when she was nineteen, she would have been smart to flaunt it too. More glad than she should have been that Chase didn't so much as glance at Amanda's perfect naked breasts, Chloe got up out of her seat and came to get the dress. Can you wait ten minutes? He looked down at the large tear. You can have this fixed in ten minutes. She looked at it more closely, running her fingers along the tear. I think so. Satins and silks were always harder to work with because every hole the needle made showed, but she'd been eyeing the enormous sewing box all day. Now she finally had a reason to dig into it. Chase called out for a break. She quickly threaded a needle with thin, transparent filament and began to work on the dress. She was so entranced by the soft fabric beneath her fingertips that it took her a few moments to realize Chase was sitting beside her. What would I do without you? She almost stabbed herself with the needle. Thankfully, she was concentrating too hard to have to reply. Actually, she wasn't concentrating all that hard. After the past year of doing side jobs for the local tailor, for what amounted to little more than slave wages, she could sew up things like this in her sleep. Only it was more than a little unnerving to have Chase's full attention like this. Don't you have something else you need to be doing? She could feel his grin without needing to see it. Just keeping my friend company while she does me a favor. Friends. He'd agreed to be her friend. So then why was she a teeny bit disappointed that he hadn't pushed her for more up on the hill? No, that was crazy thinking, and she knew exactly where that kind of crazy would lead. A bed, with Chase in it. I'd like to help more, she told him. You've been so kind to me, and I wish there was something more I could do to repay you. 
Chloe. The serious way he said her name had her looking up at him. I wanted to help. You don't need to repay me for anything, ever. The intensity of his gaze, the utter dedication and focus on her, nearly had her stabbing herself again with the needle. I need to concentrate on this, she lied. What she really needed was some breathing room from her budding feelings for him. Go check on something else, she told him in her best no-nonsense voice. Before she looked back down at the dress, she caught a flash of his gorgeous grin, a grin that told her he knew exactly why she was sending him away, darn it. Ten minutes later, she helped Amanda put the dress back on and found herself blushing as everyone started clapping and telling her how great she was to have repaired it so quickly and so well. It wasn't long until the sunset, and the models were really drooping. Let's call it a day, Chase said. Great work, everyone. He made sure to include her with his eyes, even though she'd barely done anything to help. Really, really great. Chloe could see how much his praise meant to everyone, including her. My brother Marcus is hosting all of us for dinner and drinks at his place tonight. He pointed to the big house across the vineyard. Jeremy, why don't you take everyone over? Without being asked, Chloe helped the models out of their dresses, making sure to tell each one of them how impressed she was with the work they'd done. How do you hold those poses for so long? Amanda was already on her cell phone, but Jackie, a shy, older girl, who was barely twenty-one, but Chloe had already learned that was borderline ancient in their business, said, I do a lot of yoga. The girl's smile was beautiful, and Chloe immediately grinned back at her. It was nice to have you on set, Jackie said. Kind of like having my mom here to take care of us. Chloe somehow managed to hold her grin. She was only nine years older than Jackie, and yet she supposed the model was right. If life experience was anything to go by, they were a century apart. Jeremy loaded the huge van with trunks and racks of clothes and camera equipment, then called everyone together. Are you coming, Chloe? She was tempted to go with the group, rather than stay behind with Chase, but she felt grimy. Even if she didn't have nicer clothes to wear to Marcus's house, the least she could do was smell better than this. A shower was definitely necessary. I'm going to freshen up a bit. I'll see you all there soon. Freshen up a bit. Seriously, she even sounded like she was Jackie's mom. After everyone left, she turned to look for Chase. Thinking of him made her insides go soft and warm. At first, she couldn't find him, and then she realized he was standing behind one of his big cameras, and it was pointed straight at her. She instinctively put her hand over her cheek. Oh, God, what was he doing? And what would he see? Would he be able to look beyond the ugly bruise and see that she was a quivering mess of jelly on the inside? Would he see what a coward she felt like for not having called the police yet, for just hiding out here with him and the models and his crew? And would he see the feelings that had grown for him inside of her heart all day, despite the fact that she knew better than to feel anything at all? Angry at him, and at herself for even caring in the first place, she started toward him. He'd already lowered the camera by the time she said, 
I thought you put all your equipment away. I always feel better if I've got at least one on me, just in case there's something I need to take a picture of. You don't need to take pictures of me. I've never been able to resist photographing loveliness, he said softly, before tucking the camera inside his bag. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you feel uncomfortable. I hope you'll forgive me. The look he gave her, warm and soft, yet full of a desire he didn't bother to hide, had her realizing just how ridiculous she was being. It's just with this bruise, she began, lifting her hand to cover it again. But before she could say anything more, he said, You're lovely. Her hand was halfway to her face when she realized she didn't need to hide the bruise from him anymore, because he didn't seem to think it made her look ugly, and he didn't seem to think it made her look weak, either. Their slow walk back to the guest house through the darkness with only the moonlight to light their way felt impossibly romantic, far more romantic than she could allow it to be. So, when did you start taking pictures? He gave her a look in the near dark, one that said he knew what she was after with her small talk. I used to steal my father's Polaroid camera and annoy everyone with it. She grinned at the vision of a mini-chase, documenting the world around him. Did you always concentrate on photographing people? I've tried it all, but in the end I've always found people and their emotions to be more interesting than anything else. All day, she'd been trying to put her finger on Chase's magic. That's what you were after today, Chloe said with a sudden hit of awareness. Emotion. She met his gaze and knew that even though she wasn't one of his models, it was exactly what he was tapping into with her, too. You were a great help today. She flushed at his praise. I'm glad I could help in some way. She gestured to the property. Getting to be here today was wonderful, like being inside a fantasy world. They stepped up onto the porch, and Chase opened the door for her. Always the gentleman. She stopped short in the living room, causing him to bump into her. His heat seared her, and she jumped away. What's all this? A clothing rack, just like the ones the model's outfits had been hanging on at the shoot, was standing in the middle of the room. It was packed full of clothes that looked like they would fit her, rather than size zero, six-foot, nineteen-year-old girls. I had a few things delivered for you. How did you even do this? You were working the whole time, harder than anyone else. She couldn't remember ever seeing him take a break, beyond having lunch with her. Even when the rest of the crew was relaxing between shots, he was busy setting things up or reviewing the day's work. You look great in your jeans, he told her. Really great, but I know you weren't crazy about heading over to Marcus's tonight wearing them. If there's one thing I can do, it's get nice clothes delivered fast. He was so sweet and modest, but I don't have the money to pay you back for these clothes, Chase. It was a lovely thought, but I can't wear them tonight. Let me do this for you, he said softly. I can't. But oh, how she wanted to. Even in her previous life when she'd had money, she'd never worn clothes this gorgeous. You can. He didn't move closer, but the warmth of his words moved over her skin like a caress as he said, 
I'm not going to come back later and demand anything from you. Instinctively, she knew he was telling her the truth. He would never hold anything over her. So then why did that almost scare her more? Chase was great. Beyond great. She should stop acting like a nervous cat already, claws popping out at the slightest noise. Feeling like an ungrateful jerk over the clothes, she asked, Can we start over and pretend we just walked in? Sure. He walked to the door and held it open for her. Following his lead, she walked outside on the porch and let him open the door for her again. Wow, Chase, these are such pretty clothes. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Chloe had to force herself to step away from him rather than move closer. Yet again, she wanted to put her arms around him and kiss him. She'd never been like this before, vacillating from one extreme to the other, from wanting to run away one second, then wanting to run straight into his arms the next. Chase walked over to the rack of clothes. This one. He was holding up an amazing dress with a long flowing skirt and a fitted bodice. It was midnight blue, her favorite color, and she already knew it would fit like a glove. I guess I'll go shower and get dressed, she said softly, taking it from him as she walked past. She felt his eyes on her back all the way down the hall until she closed the bedroom door behind her. The shower felt like heaven, but she knew Chase was waiting for her so she didn't linger. The tub had beckoned, of course, but she wasn't sure she could face Chase again if she accidentally set off the jets and he heard them go on. She dried off, then opened the toiletry and makeup bag he'd had set out for her as well. She was most grateful for the makeup, because it meant she could cover up her bruise a little better. True, everyone had already seen it, but that didn't mean she liked looking at it every time she looked in the mirror. Chase had thought of everything. How on earth was a girl supposed to not fall for a guy like this? Forget his looks. He was awesome on the inside, too. Then again, hadn't she thought her ex was awesome at first? Forcing down the icky thought, she finished blowing her hair dry, then slipped into the beautiful dress and picked a pair of incredibly pretty heels out of the half-dozen pairs of shoes that had been placed in her bedroom while she showered. A shiver ran through her at the knowledge that Chase had been just beyond the bathroom door while she was naked. Had he been tempted to break in again? And what would she have done this time? Would she have acted like she didn't want him in there? Or would she have opened up the shower door and invited him in? She tried as hard as she could to put herself back in her mindset from earlier in the day, when she'd first seen the models and had been able to convince herself that there was no way Chase would be interested in her with them around. But after a full day with them, she knew without even the slightest doubt that there was nothing going on between Chase and any of those young women. Nor would there ever be. They looked at him with stars in their eyes. He looked at them like they were his younger sisters. Chloe knew he didn't look at her like that, however. He looked at her like a man looked at a woman he desired. No, she found herself thinking, before she could stop herself from going there. There was more behind his gaze than just desire. Her heart fluttering wildly, 
she stepped out of the bedroom. Chase was silent for a long moment, which only made her heart beat faster. Finally, he said, You're lovely. Lovely. Did he know the effect that one word had on her? Did he know how special he made her feel again and again? Desperate to cut the sensual and emotional tension between them, she tried to joke, Whoever picked out this dress has a great eye. It's not the dress. It's you. She worked not to deflect his compliment again. Once upon a time, she'd known how to say thank you. You look nice, too, she said, taking in his dark jeans and the white button-down shirt that he'd rolled up a couple of times at the sleeves. I thought we'd walk over to Marcus's house. He looked down at her shoes. Will that work? Are you kidding? I used to practically live in heels. He gave her a questioning look, and she silently cursed herself. Fortunately, though, he didn't push her on her statement or ask her any questions about her past. But she knew that if she stayed much longer, he would ask. Chloe was surprisingly comfortable at the small party at Marcus's house. He was the consummate host, making sure everyone's glasses were full and that the underaged model stuck to juice and sparkling water. After she'd had her fill of the incredible spread, and Jeremy had officially exhausted her gossip quota for one lifetime, Chase reappeared from the shadows. Are you having fun? I am. It should have been a relief when he'd moved away from her not long after arriving at the party, especially after their silent walk from the guest house, a walk in which it had been clear that he wasn't asking her any questions she wasn't yet comfortable with answering. But she'd missed being with him. Her gaze had strayed to him from across the room one too many times, and he'd almost always caught her looking. Can I get you anything else to eat or drink? She shook her head, putting her hand over her stomach. I'm stuffed, thanks. Feeling a little loose from the wine, she said, There is something I'd love, though. I've been dying to see a family photo. I can already tell you I'm the best-looking Sullivan. She laughed out loud. Chase was one of the least egotistical men she'd ever met. Why don't you let me be the judge of that? He held out a hand, and she took it without remembering that it wasn't a good idea to touch him. But, oh, it felt so nice to hold his hand, big and strong and warm, if only for a few short moments. It occurred to her that she might be just a teensy bit drunk as they walked into a room that she assumed was Marcus's study. Chase picked up a framed 8 by 10 photo from the bookshelf and handed it to her. Chloe worked to keep the awe from her expression at what an incredible sight they all made together. Still, she couldn't take her eyes off Chase, even in a picture he commanded her attention. He was standing next to his mother, nearly a foot taller, with his arm around her as she leaned her head on his shoulder. She looked happy and content, surrounded by her children. Longing to be part of a family this close hit Chloe so hard she almost dropped the glossy photo. And then she saw something that had her mouth falling open. Oh my God, you're Smith Sullivan's brother? Jealousy wasn't something that Chase knew a lot about. 
So the sudden hard hit of it right in the pit of his gut stung pretty damn bad. I am. He waited for her to ask if she could meet Smith, or to start peppering him with questions about his movie star brother. Instead, she simply turned and stared at him for a long moment. I guess I should have seen the resemblance. And then she said, Tell me about everyone else. Seriously? She didn't want to know more about Smith? This time, he was the one giving her a funny look, and she shifted uncomfortably under his gaze, her free hand automatically coming up to cover her cheek. Is something wrong? He quickly shook his head. No, not a thing. He wanted to move her hand from her cheek, wanted to tell her she didn't need to hide any part of herself from him, but he'd made himself a promise to let her lead their dance. He wasn't a saint, not even close, but he knew keeping that promise was the only way she'd ever really trust him. Chase knew how to persuade a woman with kisses, with the touch of his fingertips across her skin, but he didn't want to be the only one wanting. He wanted Chloe to want too, just as badly as he did. Enough that she had to act on that want. Enough that she had to push past fear and trust him. Ryan is a year younger than me. At her questioning sidelong glance, he added, I'm 32. He turned back to the picture. He plays pro baseball for the San Francisco Hawks. She murmured something about being impressed, but it was clear from her reaction that she wasn't a baseball fan. He grinned, thinking about Chloe meeting Ryan and not fawning over him. His brother would be crushed. Gabe is my youngest brother. He's a firefighter. Wow, that's a really dangerous job. Doesn't your mother worry? At this point, between the eight of us, I think she's pretty much thrown in the towel on worrying. Chloe shook her head. No, she said softly. She's your mother. She still worries about all of you because she loves you. Caught up in a perfectly clear vision of Chloe as a mother, sweet and loving, his voice felt raw as he agreed. That's why we've tried to give her a little peace, now and again as we get older. Who's this? She pointed at one of his sisters. Nice. He corrected himself. I mean Sophie. He pointed to her twin. That's Lori, a.k.a. Naughty. She chuckled. Why do I have a feeling they don't much care for those nicknames? They do. Even though they're always telling me they don't. Chloe shook her head and muttered, I can't imagine dealing with one big brother like you, let alone six. She arched a brow at him. You know exactly what's best for them, don't you? He grinned at her unrepentantly. Of course I do. She snorted, looking at the picture again. They are both very pretty. I sure hope they got some good ones in on you and the rest of your brothers for being know-it-alls. Chase winced in memory. More than once, you'll be glad to hear. She laughed again, and if there was a sweeter sound in the world, Chase hadn't heard it yet. What do they do? Lori looks really athletic. She's a dancer and choreographer. She started out working with cheerleaders, and now she does a lot of stuff you see on TV. Damn, he loved those girls. Sophie is a librarian at a university. She's smart as a freaking whip. 
Wow, very impressive. No wonder you're proud of them. He was proud of all his siblings. They didn't always see eye to eye. Fists were sometimes raised and landed in the heat of anger. But he'd give up his left arm, hell, both of his arms, for any one of them. I already know about Smith. He's a little older than you, right? Thirty-four. Wow, your parents were busy, she said, before pointing at another of his brothers. And he is? Zach, twenty-nine, owns half the auto shops in California. Hey, those Sullivan auto ads I hear all the time on the radio are his, aren't they? He's a business mastermind who'd rather spend his life with his head under a hood. Or between a woman's legs, but Chloe didn't need to know that especially given that Zack was a good-looking bastard, quite possibly the best-looking of them all, including Smith, whose looks were integral to his profession. Marcus is the old man of the group at 36. So, there are eight of you between the ages of 24 and 36? She raised an eyebrow. And none of you are married yet? Her surprise was evident. He shrugged. Nope. Bets were placed a long time ago on who would be shackled with ball and chain first. We're all expecting Marcus and his girlfriend to do the deed soon. She laughed out loud at that. See, now you're talking like a normal guy, using the words shackled and ball and chain in reference to getting married. Funny, he thought as he enjoyed her laughter. Up until yesterday, he'd been right in with the rest of his siblings on thinking marriage was a long way off. But now... He wasn't so sure. The crazy thing was, he didn't mind being led straight to the edge of the cliff, as long as Chloe was standing there too, and they were falling together. Turning back to the picture, she said, Your mother is beautiful. She's great. She looks so happy to be with all of you. Chloe's eyes were big and full of concern as she asked, What happened to your father? She bit her beautiful lower lip. That was really rude. I'm sorry. You don't have to answer. You can ask me anything, he told her. Her gaze flew to his, and he held it steadily. We just met last night. We don't know each other that well, she protested. I was ten when he died. He went to work that morning, and he had an aneurysm. One of his employees found him in his office on the floor. Oh, Chase, I'm sorry. She put her hand on his arm, and it was crazy. But even though he thought he'd been over his father's death for two decades, her touch gave him comfort. I can't imagine how your mom managed without him. Beyond glad that she hadn't shied away from what she wanted to know, either, he said. It wasn't easy, especially not at first. We all helped out. At least, the big kids did. He gave her a small smile. I make a mean mac and cheese. Yum, she said in a soft, not altogether convincing voice. Want to hear my secret? Uh, okay. He leaned in a little closer, close enough that he could breathe in her sweet scent. You've got to watch the pot carefully and know just when to stir. Attraction flared between them again in his teasing words, both of them knowing that what he was really saying was that he was gauging her reaction to him, too. Because he wanted her, 
and he knew she wanted him. Marcus found them in his study and glanced down at the family photo in her hands. Whatever he's saying, Chloe, it's all lies. Chase watched her grin up at his brother. Oh, she said with a teasing frown. So I guess that means you're not a superhero after all? Marcus laughed, clearly pleased with her comeback. Everyone left to go dancing in town. How about I open up a bottle of the good stuff for the three of us? The wine you served so far tonight has been amazing. You have better stuff? Chloe asked, clearly incredulous. Prepare to have your mind blown, Marcus replied. Despite the fact that his brother was clearly enjoying being around Chloe, Chase couldn't shake the sense that something wasn't right with Marcus. As the oldest Sullivan, he'd always carried more of the burden of making sure everyone in the family was okay. But tonight he seemed edgier than normal, wound too tight. Before meeting his girlfriend Jill, Marcus had been just as much a dog as the rest of the Sullivan boys. But in the past two years, he'd straightened up to the point where Chase almost didn't recognize him. He missed getting up to no good with the oldest of the Sullivan clan, but he'd assumed his brother was preparing to marry Jill and settle down with a bunch of kids. They followed Marcus into the living room, which looked out over the moonlit vines and pool patio. As he uncorked a dusty bottle that still smelled of the caves, Chloe said, I really shouldn't have any more, but how can I resist? The three of them sat down, and Chase loved how easy she was with his brother. Just knowing Chloe was near, just being able to see her smile, to hear her laugh, made everything so much better. And his life had been pretty damn good before she came into it, so that was really saying something. Everyone was saying what a great help you were at the magazine shoot today, Marcus told her. She looked pleased by his compliment. I had fun. She completely saved the day, actually. Chloe rolled her eyes. That is so not true. She took a sip from her glass. Oh my god. This wine is so good it should be illegal. Marcus smiled. Glad you like it. She took another sip. On a near moan, she said, This isn't even close to like. It's love all the way. In an instant, Chase went rock hard in his pants. All it took was hearing her moan and say one little four-letter word. A word that he hadn't even been searching for because he hadn't realized it was missing from his life. Until now. Until Chloe... So, Marcus said, where are you from, Chloe? She instantly snapped to attention, sitting up so fast in her seat that the wine sloshed almost to the rim of her glass. I'm in the process of moving, actually. She took a gulp of wine, and Chase tried to use Sullivan telepathy to tell his brother to shut up. It didn't work. Where to? Marcus asked. Chloe took another gulp before replying, I'm still looking at my options. As soon as Marcus refilled her empty glass, she shot up out of her seat. I've got to go visit the powder room, excuse me. Marcus waited until she'd left the room to say, What the hell is going on? She's got that bruise pretty well covered up tonight, but how'd she get it in the first place? Did that happen when she drove off the side of the road? 
Every time Chase thought about how she'd gotten the bruise, he wanted to hammer his fist into something. No, not something. Straight into the face of the guy who had hurt her. I don't know for sure. She hasn't trusted me enough yet to say. He gave his brother a warning look. Don't push her anymore. On anything. Marcus raised an eyebrow. You like her? It's way beyond like, he said, echoing Chloe's comment. Only he was talking about something a hell of a lot more important than an expensive drink. Talking more to himself than his brother at this point, he said, I just need her to stay a few more days, and then maybe she'll give me a chance. I've never seen you like this before. Chase shook his head, surprised by what had happened to him as anyone. And here I thought I was coming here for nothing more than a few days of meaningless sex with... Marcus cut him off. With one of your models? Chase snorted. No, no way. You know I stopped sleeping with models years ago. He knew his brother was going to be pissed off when he told him, I was planning to hook up with Ellen. Marcus narrowed his eyes. My employee, Ellen? That's the one. God damn it, Chase. You can't screw around with someone who works for me. All I need is for her to get a broken heart on account of you and then having her take it out on my winery. Chase held up his hands. Look, the hookup didn't happen, okay? So don't get all bent out of shape about it. I met Chloe before Ellen and I could get into any trouble. And you'll be glad to hear that Ellen seemed fine with being let down. Ignoring his brother's glare, he gave in to the need to confide his feelings to someone and admitted, I've never been like this before. Never felt like this with anyone but Chloe. And I haven't even touched her yet. Damn it, he was saying too much. Marcus didn't need to know what he and Chloe had or hadn't done. Chase refilled their glasses before turning the tables on his brother and asking, Everything go all right in the city last night after you left the party? How's Jill doing? She's fine. A muscle started jumping in Marcus's jaw. I think I'm going to head in for the night. Got a busy day tomorrow. Chase stood up, too. This time around, the Sullivan telepathy was working perfectly. Something was up with Jill and Marcus, and his brother had no intention of talking about it with anyone. Chase wished like hell he knew how to bring the old Marcus back. As the oldest of all of them, after their father died, Marcus had immediately stepped into those newly empty shoes. Chase had memories of his brother changing diapers and wiping noses, making sure everyone got to school on time with their homework in their backpacks. Fortunately, in their twenties, as everyone grew up and needed him less, he'd been able to break out of that responsible shell and cut loose. Once upon a time, Marcus had been the biggest player of them all, almost as if he was making up for lost time. Women would throw themselves at him, and he'd catch each and every one of them. But now, ever since he'd been with Ice Princess Jill, he'd changed again, receded back into that too-responsible, too-mature shell. Funny, Chase realized with a start, that while he was thinking his brother needed to shake off the chains and get back out there, he was looking at doing the exact opposite. But the truth was, Chase had burned through more than enough women. He was ready for one special one. 
I should check on Chloe, Chase told his brother. Got to make sure she didn't get lost in your palace on the hill. A couple of minutes of searching later, he found her standing out on the back deck, her glass empty again. For a long moment, Chase had to stop and just stare. She was stunning. Not because of the moonlight, not because of the dress. It was all Chloe. No other woman had ever taken his breath away like this, and he knew no other ever would. Just her. There you are. She turned her face to his, and it was full of so much emotion and longing that it was all he could do not to just reach for her. They were completely alone out on the back porch. His brother was in bed, everyone else was gone. And he could tell just from looking at her that the wine had blurred some of her edges. Unable to keep away from her, he moved behind her, putting his hands on either side of the rail. Some moon tonight, isn't it? He expected her to push away from him, but strangely, she did the exact opposite by turning slowly in the circle of his arms so that she was looking straight at him with those big eyes that mucked up his insides. Chase. Jesus, he was teetering on a thin edge, so close to her and yet so damn far. Honor. Why had he decided that honor mattered? Everything would be so much easier if he simply took what he wanted and worried about the consequences later. She wasn't drunk, but she wasn't sober either. He should take her back to the guest house, put her to bed. Alone. But he obviously wasn't strong enough to do any of that. All he could do was say her name and want her more than he'd ever wanted anyone or anything in his whole life. Chloe. Her full lips parted slightly at the sound of her name. For the first time, she wasn't trying to hide her desire from him. It's inevitable, isn't it? Hell yes, it was. But he couldn't put words in her mouth, not now. What's inevitable? Each word was raw, husky. Her eyes dropped to his mouth. This kiss. 